I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess just stand here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me? Or maybe step two is flagging down a trainer to help nope, and- Nope, no way. I already spent most of my money on the gym membership. I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you. So FitBot does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me? That's right. FitBot actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus, a whole year of FitBot costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh. Maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download FitBot today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbot.me slash getfit. That's fitbot.me slash getfit. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair Sports, where we take offensive approach to the sports conversation. I'm your host, Dave, with your favorite co-host, Jimmy. Thank you for checking us out on our YouTube channel, as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're there, please like, subscribe, rate, review, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it. And subscribe anyway. So, on today's episode of Unfair Sports, we're going to dive into the valiant return of Calvin Ridley. Looks like he has uh, got a gambling problem. The most surprising teams outside the East and West in the NBA, Ben Simmons back to Philly, Kanye Shrug, and OU Spring Games. Let's talk about what you're excited about, what you're not excited about. Maybe mix in some Aaron Rodgers, don't know. We'll see how we flow and how things go forward. Hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us your strongest opinions as well as pass some stories on. We're going to be asking for some of your participation. You tell us how much you really hate Jimmy. You love you me. You can tell him how much you love me. We hate you. And you talk about how much you might hate me. We hate you. And how much you love, love Jimmy, maybe. You love no, me. That's you love not me. true. So with that, dive right into the show, shall we? Ah, Jim Master J, that face of yours. What is going on, baby? It's been a while. It's been yes. a bit. Yes, yes. Time dropped solo last week, so everybody, y'all didn't feel lost. Had to make sure you had something to listen to. I was planning on doing some Thursday, but that, yep, yep. Life, work, school, everything just fell at the wrong time. So got a lot of making up to do. Yeah. Told y'all we we're gonna get back on track. Still ain't got back on track, but we're gonna get back on track. <laughs> so it's a process. It's a process, is what you're saying. Process. We're part of the process. We are the Joel and B of <laughs> sports podcasting right now. I don't know how I feel about we that. We are going to be the process. So understand, <laughs> stay on purpose. Stuff happens, and we're gonna get back on track, though. But what's good, Jimmy? How was your birthday since it just passed? Oh man, uh, it was it was good. Um, a lot of well wishes and some cake and shrimp. And um, coming to grips with the fact that I'm 40 years old now. Ho- hopefully, 40 years old and trying to pursue another career. How the <laughs> heck does that happen? Well, you know, they say you should change your career every 10 years or so. That is good for an individual just to pivot and go in a different direction creatively and, you know, really sort of enhances one's life if they and which is not to say that you have a great job and you love your career and you're great in it that you can't do that for 20 30 or 40 years but uh but generally that is something that a lot of people who have changed careers and pivoted like that have found very beneficial um i don't have any plans to do that quite yet well at least not more so than what i am doing but it's something that is in the back of my mind but yeah 40 man um you'll get there in a few years so you'll see how how it changes you in a way to no longer you yeah few i got a year oh, yeah <laughs> right <laughs> 39 this summer and then i got 40 right behind it and yeah. as you i am actually pursuing yeah. uh this full time which yeah. is why the podcast exists and why we're doing this is because we want to do this for a living but when someone decided they didn't want to do for a living it's keeping their job let's talk about your boy oh Man, you know, Calvin Ridley. and I should be thanking him. I should be thanking him, Jay, because it's been a long time. Matter of fact, I can't think of any time in the history of this show where we have talked about um, an all-star Pro Bowl caliber player 
who has gotten in trouble for this. Uh, those of you who haven't heard about this, Calvin Ridley, star wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons of the NFL, has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. Uh, this came out today. The NFL released a statement announcing the suspension, saying he gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November of 2021 when he was actually on the non-football injury list to address his mental health, which essentially um, he stayed out for the remainder of the 2021 season. Um, so he stepped away from Halloween, saying he needed personal time to get his life in order. Uh, he has given a response to this. We'll get to that later. But I'm curious, Jay, as unique as this story is, what your initial thoughts were given that we don't get very many stories like this of a star athlete being suspended for this reason so what were your thoughts i mean i mean the last time i think you've really heard about something like this was what pete rose yeah, i think he's probably the, the biggest yeah, exactly. name person that you know that was actually point well betting on games that he was actually playing in which is a big difference or managing big difference in comparison to what ridley's doing is he was not playing he's been out because of the mental health situation and so the question i have with that is is he the only player betting on games because <laughs> of my thought process is is seriously most players have a proxy when it comes to this stuff they don't go up and do their own bets they don't lay their own bets they don't put their own money down to this stuff a lot of the times unless it's off season and by having said proxy go drop money on games that prevents them from having their hands in the cookie jar. I don't understand why Ridley did not have a proxy do this for him, knowing damn well, even though he was out of the state, he did it on an app on, on what was that FanDuel or something mm -hmm. that he didn't have somebody else placing the bets for him to prevent himself from basically betting $1,500 on parlays to lose $11 million. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, who does that? To me, that's something you should have thought out in this circumstance. You know that it's not technically allowed for you to be betting on your own games. Why would you put a parlay in with the Falcon? Of all things, you bet on the Falcons to win? <laughs> That's wrong. Come on. That's mean. Don't don't be mean to the Falcons like that. Am I wrong though? Am I wrong? If you can tell me that I'm wrong, I will rescind my statement. <laughs> but if you can't well, I mean, prove to me that I'm wrong, yeah. The statement stands. Well, I mean, it depends on how he bet on them in a sense. I mean, we don't know the intricacies of what his bets might have been. So there's money to be had there if you know how to bet on the Falcons. And who would know better how to bet on the Falcons than someone who actually is a Falcon? So I would need more so information about that. So you think he probably that. bet on them to lose? I mean, maybe. Probably. <laughs> to give up too many points? He's probably like, yo, they ain't got me. They ain't got me. So... We, I I mean, know they feel a at bit. that point, they were awful as soon as they lost him. Yeah. But that's not something – but that doesn't make any sense to yeah. put yourself in that circumstance, especially especially since all of these leagues are deep in bed mm -hmm. with sports gambling. The one thing you can't lose is integrity to the, integrity to the game mm -hmm. because the chickens are going to come home to roost at right. a certain point. Right, They're going to start coming at you. You're playing with people's money. Mm -hmm. Two things you don't play with. People's family, people's mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. And right now you're playing a dangerous game, NFL. Adopting and being open with sports betting. And then you have players like this doing – Now, the suspension made sense. As soon as they said he's suspending them for a full year, mm -hmm. I got that. Because you got to put the hammer down on these situations. Because, like I said, if you're getting in bed with gambling, you're getting in bed with some people that might uh might cut your leg off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know, part of when I first saw this story, what I was hoping I was able to say is that yes, this is a a bad mistake by a a really young player. Um, shows a lack of leadership. I understand that, but that maybe his youth in terms of how short-sighted he was, had a part to play mm -hmm. in this. Because part of what he should have understood, now that betting is becoming more, more legalized across the country, and that the NFL is probably better on than any other sport in the country, that the NFL was probably going to have some type of way to make sure their players and coaches and personnel 
weren't betting on the games for the reasons that you mentioned in terms of the integrity of the game, etc. So I looked up his age. He's 27 years old. So I throw that out because he's a little bit too old to be making that type of decision. And as bad as it was, I wasn't more I wasn't as disheartened as I was until I read his statement, because here's what he said in response to this uh, via tweet. I believe he said, I don't have a gambling problem. Which, you know, you ever seen like someone who knows they drink too much, most likely they're an alcoholic. But the first thing they say is that I'm I'm not an alcoholic, but you know that they are. They're just trying to convince themselves. So that's kind of a bad way to start this. Um, he said that he couldn't watch football at the time he made the bets. He added that he's just going to be more healthy when I come back and that I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year. L-O-L. He bet $1,500 total. Mm-hmm. And then he says he doesn't have a gambling problem. And you made a great point. That's usually what people with addictions of some capacity mm-hmm. say is, I don't have this problem. That's not my, I can stop when I want to. Right. But your $1,500, like I mentioned, just cost yeah. you $10 million. Right, but he's not taking it seriously. 11, $11.1 million just came off the Falcons books. Exactly, exactly. Because you ain't own them no more. He's not even taking it serious. He says, I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year, LOL. There's nothing LOL about this. He has ruined his reputation. And we, we know he will be back, but but he is not taking this serious. And when you see this type of thing in response to the, this immature response to it, it almost makes me think that his career is in a bit of a free fall because, you know, he had the mental health issues notwithstanding. We understand that hopefully he's much healthier now in terms of his mental health. And then he gets the suspension for this. But then on the end of it, you don't even take it serious. And this is an LOL type of circumstance. I think that is a really bad sign because if he's supposed to be one of your best players, that automatically means he is generally looked upon to be one of the leaders in that locker room, especially for the younger players, 2021, 20, 22, who are going to be coming onto the team. So this is a really bad sign for the career trajectory of Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I don't even know what to even say, think, in this entire circumstance of why you would do it. Like I mm-hmm. said earlier, I, my assumption is players got proxies. I mean, I don't think Floyd Mayweather walks in with cash and throws it down to bed. He probably does. I don't know. It feels like these guys, though, would have a proxy that will walk in with a bag of cash and go do it. And I understand the convenience of doing it on an application. Mm -hmm. Why don't you have a proxy that has the app loaded and you split the difference with them if you're going to bet? Like, why? Why are we here? Why would you put yourself in a circumstance? And even with the proxy, you have to make sure that, that the the institution that you're going to, whatever casino or application, whatever, they know that y'all don't have any type of affiliation. Like those 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 degrees of separation are critical when it comes to the integrity of the game. Guys, you're you're playing with fire now. This is not this is not a game for people. You don't play with people's money, and that's what I feel like they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So we do this every Monday here on Unfair Sports. Jimmy's going to slide you all the news. And now Jimmy has the news. Uh, thank you, Wendy. All right, so Jay, um, here uh, in Soonerville, we uh, have the spring game coming up on April 23rd. And Oklahoma will dedicate a statue of 2017 Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield on that day following the spring game it was announced on Monday. Um, Baker responds to this, says, I'm a Sooner for life and incredibly grateful for all the success my teammates and I had at OU. It's humbling and surreal to think about having a statue in iconic Heisman Park. So, um, all right, now, Jay, help me out here. Besides Bob Stoops, what other former Sooner has a statue at the stadium? I think all the Heisman Trophy winners got one, don't they? Uh huh. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've actually went around and looked at all of them, but mm-hmm. it's I've never seen it. That's why I asked. Joined the uh, Sooner with the project. Yeah, yeah. Do you know if Adrian Peterson has a statue? Oh, I doubt it. Yep. Extremely doubt it. I know, uh, like when I went out to LSU, it was, it was funny. Um, I think they give it to the guys that graduate. I know that, um, like at LSU, they got one for Shaq and they got one 
uh, for Bob Pettit, but they don't have it for Pete, uh, Pistol Pete because he didn't graduate. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So that'll be cool to see. All right. So, Jay, uh, as we near uh, March Madness, uh, the AP poll, as always, came out today. Sitting atop the AP poll with 52 of the first place votes is Gonzaga with a 24-3 and record. And cracking the top 10 of the AP top 25, none other than Tennessee with a 23-7 and record. So, balls fan, that must feel pretty good. Feels great. Can't <laughs> wait to watch him in the tourney. They're actually really really good in clutch situations. They knocked off like five top ten teams mm-hmm. uh, this season. They, they've come in and just won games and win game after win game. Gotta give it to Rick Barnes, man. He left Texas with Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he can bring a championship to fruition. That's what he needs to do. That's mm-hmm. what he needs on his resume desperately because of all the talent he had at Texas and he never did it. He's got to figure it out here at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So with this current team and how well you know them, how about if you had to project, how far do you think they're going to get in the March Madness tournament? I'm saying, I'm thinking Elite Eight. I think mm-hmm. they can. It kind of depends on where they're placed, but I think they can make it to the Elite Eight. They have a tendency of winning games they probably shouldn't. So mm-hmm. I'm giving us Elite Eight. I would love a Final Four. If they make the Final Four, I'm going to the game. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I hope they do. I hope they do. All right, lastly, um, Jason, we all know about the, uh, the MLB lockout between the MLB and the Players Association as they're trying to hash that out. But one of the things that I believe they actually have settled on as far as in-game play is a pitch clock of 14 seconds for pitchers if there are no runners on base and 19 seconds if there are runners on. So, you know, me being uh, someone whose first love was baseball and someone who struggles to consume it as a television product because of the pace of action, I really hope they do this. I really hope that this you know becomes a main part of the game on multiple levels. But um, I think this is it's one of the best things that they could possibly do in order to enhance the television product. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, sure. <laughs> now you don't, really watch I don't know. Baseball, do you? Is the baseball season going to even happen? Yeah. Well, let's. I don't know, but let's say it does. Do you think that that will help the television product for MLB to be better? I can't say that because I don't yeah. even know if they're gonna have it. But it may make it a better product. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. They're doing a very bad job of drawing in a new crowd. Right. They're the old man screaming at the clouds, and that's becoming a problem. And the the, the biggest problem is, is the fact that they're making money hand over fist. They really don't care. Mm. So regionally, they're making enough money. They don't care. It's a regional sport. They don't care. So mm. yeah, they're not gonna. Pr- I don't know if they really care about bringing it in the crowd. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Is that it? Is it snooze? And that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 so yeah, Heisman Park for Oklahoma does have a statue for every Heisman Trophy okay. winner. I was correct. I thought they did. It's but it's been around since I've walked. Been a while since I've walked. 
around. Mm, but too. anywho, is next up. So, Jimmy, yes. you posed a great question this year. The NBA has been, for lack of better terms, a lot more interesting than expected. It's a lot of shifting around at the top and bottom teams coming out playing a lot better than we may have expected some actually being worse than expected and so i guess at this point it's a good uh time to kind of figure out what we truly think about who has been the most surprising team in the east as well as the most surprising team in the west so jimmy i'll let you lead us off let's start with the eastern conference mm -hmm. uh based on the way the nba is going who do you feel like is your most surprising Eastern Conference teams? Well, I kind of go. Team. I kind of go um, two ways with it in the sense of the most surprising team that's actually performing well, <clears throat> and the most surprising team that has definitely underperformed, at least in terms of how they performed last season. Uh, in terms of the team outperforming how I thought they would, and you you remember this back in the, uh, the NBA preview show that we did. There were two teams in the East that I left out of the, the playoffs subconsciously. One of them was the Knicks, which I've been spot on, but the other was the Philadelphia 76ers. It's the Sixers who are now the two seed in the East behind Miami. I, once I revised that, once you pointed that out to me, I did not think that they would make it to the two seed. Even before the Harden trade, they were hovering around, you know, three, four, five because of the emergence of Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid being um, quite healthy this year. As a matter of yeah. fact, and, and, and still playing at an MVP level, I did not think that all those factors would come together, uh, especially with Doc doing one of the best coaching jobs he's done. And then you add Harden, you delete Ben Simmons, and they've done nothing but mostly win ever since. I think they're four and one with James Harden. Well, with James Harden on the floor, I think they're four and zero, oh, and I think he sat out one game for rest, and they lost that game. But I'm very surprised, but very proud of how Philadelphia has played. Definitely want this to continue. You know, I would love to see them in the Eastern Conference Finals, perhaps even beyond that. But I'm really surprised by how Philly has done. Underperforming teams that have disappointed me, I'll say, the Atlanta Hawks, who were one of the surprises oh. of the NBA playoffs last year. And somehow they're scoring about as much as they normally do. But in terms of defense, they can't stop anybody. They are currently in the last spot of the play-in with a 31-32 and 32 record just behind Brooklyn. So I'm quite disheartened by how they've played. Um, I haven't been able to diagnose exactly why that is. I know Trey Young is, you know, still putting up 27 and nine like he typically does. So offensively, again, the problem isn't on offense. It's something is terribly wrong with their defense that they have to figure out or else they could actually find themselves out of a play in spot. So those are my two Philly and Atlanta. You. Okay. I could, I could. So there's something that I had made mention of last year about certain teams having their emergence that was um, circumstantial. Mm. Atlanta's one of them. They're not a surprise for me in, mm -hmm. in response to your team because now the Knicks were surprising. I thought the Knicks had something in place to be better. I thought R.J. Barrett was going to have this emergent year and mm -hmm. Julius Randle was going to maintain who he was. Maybe add a piece here or there. Maybe not show up something. I was wrong on that because I had to make still making the playoffs. I had the Hawks make the playoffs too. But the thing I made mention of is that the biggest problem that the NBA was saw last season is that, and the problem I had with even viewing is that it felt like the season never ended. Went from the bubble, it went deep into October. They ended it. Draft November. Training camp December, season starts boom, and we're trying to go back around the cycle again, mainly because mm. they're trying to get back to this 82 games system. Last season, a lot of the teams that went deep into the playoffs weren't very in the bubble playoffs, sucked the next year. The Lakers mm. were couldn't stay healthy. Miami mm. was awful. Mm -hmm. uh, you could tell that difference in which that helped like Phoenix only played in eight games in the bubble. And then they never even made the playoffs. Milwaukee got eliminated early for by Miami in the bubble. And so you started to see that trend with some of these teams, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's where we're at with Atlanta and New York. They were the darlings post bubble. And now they've come back to reality. 
the teams that should be up there are. So my most surprising team, honestly, is Boston. Mm. I expected Boston to be good. They started off rough. And then now, <laughs> they, they it looks like they figured it out. Tatum and Browns figured it out. They started off the season with a struggle, and they have been, I mean, they've lost, what, three? In their last, like, what's this, like 20 games? Mm-hmm. They've been on it. Boston is showing that they are ready to take the next step. I mean, that, that, that Pacers loss was ridiculous, and the Pistons won by one, but they beat Philly. They blew out Philly. Good God. Um, they beat the Nets twice in like the last, what's this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. They have something, and it looks like Tatum is starting to become. I mean, he scored what, 50? Was that 56? Yeah. A couple games. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Is Brooklyn yep. last yesterday? Mm-hmm. Goodness. Which this was recorded on Monday night. They're special. Uh, as far as on the other spectrum, it's got to be the Knicks. I thought the Knicks was going to be, I thought they were going to emerge and them falling apart like this. Good God, this is just bad. And they're not going to make the playoffs. I knew Washington wasn't. And the Knicks is just, it's just start over again at this point. <laughs> find or actually find a way to trade for Zion Williamson. I mentioned him on the, on my solo on my talk last week. Uh, New Orleans is obviously showing that they don't want him. Uh, not mm-hmm. the, the team, the fans. Go ahead and find a way to get Zion. Start from scratch. Mm. Okay. All right. So All pivot right. into West, Western Conference. Western All Conference. Right, so what you got? Western Western Conference team that has surprised me the most is the now this might this is actually going to surprise you, Jay. It's the Clippers in the eighth spot. They sit there in, at the eighth spot just above the Lakers, 34 and 32. No Kawhi all season. Haven't had Paul George because of the torn ligament in his elbow since late December. And it's questionable as to whether or not they're going to get him or both of them by the end of the regular season. And Ty Lue has continued to keep the ship afloat. He's continued to do this with players who people don't hardly even know. Uh, players nowhere near the caliber of a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard. But somehow they just find a way to outscheme and outwork teams that they should not be beating. And they sit there at the eighth spot. So even though, you know, it's not top five, not top six, whatever, I'm still just completely impressed. I'm more impressed by the job and the obstacles that Ty Lue has had to overcome than, say, Monty Williams with Phoenix, who, I mean, Monty Williams being the great coach that he is in Phoenix with what they did the last couple of seasons and where they are. Nobody's surprised if they're the one seed. Nobody, honestly, is surprised by Miami. Um, who you know we've learned a lot about and talked about since you identify what they were going to become and how Eric Spolstra has shown that he's one of the best coaches in basketball. They don't surprise us, but doing this with this roster in L.A., still in the shadow of the Lakers, I am completely impressed by the job that Ty Lue and the Clippers have done. And staying in L.A. for the most disappointing team, as much as I don't want to talk about them and I want to make this quick, is the Lakers for all the reasons that all of you have seen watching them play all the other commentary that people have offered about what's wrong with this team, from the injuries to Russ to coaching to whatever it is. Incredible Beard, disappointment. Bull. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I had them finishing at around the fourth seed. They're currently in the ninth spot, and they are, even though they beat Golden State on Saturday night, that was fine, but they're not going to do something like that again. They have, I think, their favorite in like two of their next 19 games, so they could easily get knocked out of a play-in spot, which is exactly what needs to happen because I'm tired of seeing this train wreck. You can only see that so many times. Before you get tired of seeing it, they don't need to be in it. Put somebody else in there who's actually going to truly compete consistently. Uh, It's the Lakers. Horrible disgrace. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. So, for me, I, as far as the biggest surprise... I think so. You make a compelling argument for the Clippers because you're right. Didn't expect them to be this good. I didn't expect the Pelicans to be in the play in either. I don't mm, know yeah. how they got there. No Zion yeah. all season. I don't know where that came from. But you make a compelling argument for the Clippers. I'm going with the Timberwolves. I did not <laughs> see them being the seventh seed. I thought they would fall right back to the bottom. They have picked up. They have picked it up. That at Anthony. Edwards, he has proven me wrong. I was concerned with him coming in the draft because of the statements of, eh, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I'll play baseball. I'd be great. I'd be a great <laughs> corner in the NFL. Eh, you know, I play just because I just play. 
which yeah. bothered me initially because I have that work, that sports ethic mentality like everybody else is that you should be dedicated to the game. You should love it just like like all the greats do and be nah. If you're just good and you know how to channel that properly and be prepared, mm-hmm. screw it. I don't care if you play video games nonstop and just say, you know what, I'm gonna be a video gamer. I'm gonna be a streamer while the season's going on. Mm-hmm. I can't be upset. That has surprised me. I'm proud of seeing that. Carl Anthony Towns and him are finally doing you know he's the alpha. It's all Anthony Edwards. That's mm-hmm. his team. As much as we like um Carl Anthony Towns. This is 100% Anthony Edwards' team. But just seeing all, all three of them with Cat Edwards as well as D'Angelo oh. Russell uh-huh. all in scoring at, at a good clip combined, 24.6, 21.4, 19.3 in that order, you cannot beat that. That is a fantastic big three of youth. Mm-hmm. And that is something that you can grow for the future. So it was, it was between them and Memphis when it came I, to the biggest shockers. Because I, boy, we knew the Grizzlies quick. were good. Jay, real quick, can I add something to your Timberwolves uh, stance? Yeah. Um, there are two young players, uh, Jaden McDaniels and I think Jared Vanderbilt, defensively, yeah. is is a big part of the reason why they've been able to do what you're talking about. Because uh, you know, no one saw them coming. We knew they were going to have scoring because of the three that you mentioned. But those two yep. defensively really have set the tone and have helped this team to emerge even further. So, yeah, I totally agree. 100. And so disappointing. Um, I, I I don't need to talk about them like you did the Lakers. We already mm. know they're a disappointment. They're going to be a disappointment for the rest of the year. But keeping it a buck, <laughs> the Jazz, they're a four seed. <laughs> Yeah. I expected them to care about the regular season. This is the Jazz's regular season. This is what they do. <laughs> At least give me it feels like that exposure that we saw in the playoffs mm-hmm. has transitioned into the regular season. Everyone's playing them like that. Now, I thought Utah would be the number one seed. Like they 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 hustle for. Mm-hmm. I knew Denver was gonna have unfortunate down year, and it feels I feel bad for Jokic because this is gonna this is supposed to hurt an MVP opportunity, but we'll talk about that another time. Utah is supposed to be number one, man. What are they doing? What is this? What is this basketball? Four seed? A four seed? Ten mm. games behind the Suns? Bro, now you the Suns might actually end up winning the West the way they're playing. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna, I'm going to blame it all on the Utah Jazz. They're supposed to be the number one seed, which is supposed to help everybody else so they can get knocked off by eight seed. Mm-hmm. Well, what's funny, Jay, is um, if the playoffs began today, they'd be playing the Mavericks, who are at the five seed. The Mavericks are playing better basketball. That's another team who's who's increased their their defensive efficiency to go along with their offense. And the yes, Dallas yeah. Mavericks, they, they're actually and they're much better. They're more, they're a faster, more free free flowing team without Kristaps Porzingis, who debuted yesterday for the Wizards, put up twenty five. But um, I think that Dallas team could actually beat this Utah team if the playoffs began today. Ooh, really? Yeah, yeah. You got to watch the Mavericks. They are they are a much different team. Like they try more on defense. They're able to get up and down a lot quicker. And you know, and we talked a lot about one hundred and seven point eight per one per uh, one hundred possessions. They, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, they're good. They're a really good, solid team. I mean, the West. I know the East gets a lot of love because there's so many good playoff teams in the East. But the West, I think, probably top seven. The West is going to be a really good playoffs. Again, once you get to 8, 9, and 10, um, you know, the Clippers, you know, they may not get Kawhi, Paul George, et cetera. Lakers are what they are. Pelicans, surprising. I like them in that spot. But, um, but yeah, watch out for Dallas. I see that. You, you want to know who also has got a good defense who? That, that we'd be sleeping on? Hmm. Thunder. Top 10 defense. Uh, really? I did yep. not know number that. 10, number 10 in efficiency. Uh-huh. Telling you something. They may not be winning games. They're building something special. Keep yep. that in mind. They're building mm-hmm. something special. So, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for.
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. All right. So, um, Jay, kind of sticking with the NBA, and that was some real good NBA talk. You know, we don't get a lot of that, <laughs> you know, right here, really, until, <laughs> yeah, until we get close to the playoffs. I've been trying to the NBA. Yeah. Tell me, league, league pass is the key. That's the only way, or fantasy basketball. But um, sticking with the NBA, and we were just talking about Philadelphia, uh, a little bit about Brooklyn, and that is uh, Ben Simmons. One of the games that people have had circled on their schedule was, was the March 10th game coming up this Thursday against the Philadelphia 76ers, where Brooklyn, Ben Simmons' new team, goes to Brooklyn. And um, it's come out in the last couple of days that he is unlikely to play in that game. Uh, has had uh, in his his rehab and preparation to return to the court has had a particular back issue that I guess he's been nursing quote unquote Um, but one of the things I thought about just out of my own curiosity is whether or not he will be in the arena on the bench for that night and whether or not he should be in the arena if he's not going to play in that game so I was curious to find out what you think in the sense of if he's not going to play should he be on the bench with his team or should he just stay in brooklyn continue to rehab and then look forward to the next game if he's hurt honestly it makes no sense for him to be a distraction and be in philadelphia zero sense. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that going to do for your mental health if you've got mental issues that you stated mm-hmm. why put yourself in that scenario that's going to make you feel worse you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. that's the thing that we're supposed to be doing better about do better about it don't put yourself in that scenario where you're going to be stressed out, worn out, dealing with that because that's basically what you're doing to yourself. You're just putting yourself in a bad situation going back to Philadelphia when you know they don't like you. <laughs> Your best bet is to stay in Brooklyn, rehab, and just see them in the playoffs if you do see them in the playoffs. That is if you play. I think the big thing with Ben Simmons to me is, okay, he's got this back issue. Yeah. I want to know if he's going to play ever, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't have a timetable for him. And that's a concern to me. I mean, I know that when we talked about this trade that Philadelphia potentially had, you know, one or I mean, uh, Brooklyn had one or got a got something positive out the deal. The only positive I get is if he actually is on the court, but but he's not playing. So where where is the positive? Why should we mm-hmm. feel like this was a good thing? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. where where in this does this make this a good trade if he's not on the court? Right. Right. I mean, that's what it all comes down to him being on the court and especially him being in the court on the court um, when they when they go to the playoffs, assuming that they are still going to the playoffs, given that Brooklyn is what an eighth yeah. or a ninth about seed. That. Yeah, right. About that. They are the Let's... number nine seed They're a, They are tied with oh, Charlotte goodness. and Atlanta roughly at 11 games uh-huh. behind the Miami Heat um, and roughly six games. Mm hmm behind the Cavaliers. Uh well, yeah. Yeah. They so Atlanta is 31 and 32, Brooklyn as well as the Hornets are 32 and 33. So they played two games more. Mm-hmm. They are not I don't I They've lost four straight. Kevin's back. Him and Kyrie don't seem to well with Joe Harris out, it seems like they just don't have enough power, firepower to win any games. Like, what I mean, are they going to do? Not without, not without, it's funny to say this, but not without Ben Simmons. He is that key piece just in terms of his on-ball defense and his distribution. Um, but I, I do like Seth Curry making up for, I think, most of what they would get from Joe Harris. And then Andre Drummond coming over in the trade as well gives them some size. But I really do think Ben Simmons is the key because, again, whether or not this mandate gets lifted, it doesn't look like it's going to get lifted um, at least any time this month, or at least not the aspect of it that would allow Kyrie to play in the game. Yeah. I mean, he could come and watch the game on the bench, so that's good. That's one step closer to being on yeah, the court, progress, but he can't actually play. But yeah, but yeah. Um, but for me, with Ben Simmons, whether or not he should be in attendance for the game in Philadelphia this Thursday, I agree with you. I don't think that he should be because all that he would essentially be subjecting himself to is three hours of abuse 
um, where he's going to be able to hear everything, and this is the main reason why he shouldn't be there, is because if he were to play in this game, he would be so focused and so distracted on the game and further away from a lot of the things that are going to be said to him um, that most of it he would be able to block out. But sitting on the bench, I mean, you can hear a lot, what, one, two, three rows back. And the Philadelphia fans, not only are they savage or as savage as they're going to be on Ben Simmons, but they're, just they're, savage. they're but just they savage. do research. Yeah, they point out things about your life, about your stats. They're, the fans are smart. They know different ways to dig at you and get you to doubt yourself, which is the last thing that Ben Simmons needs. So there really isn't a win in this unless, and I'm saying this, I kind of held back this piece of news, that part of what I read in an article is that he is playing to be there on the bench is, I guess what we call in therapy, uh, flooding, where basically whatever it is you're afraid of or that makes you anxious, you surround yourself with it and desensitize yourself to it so you can deal with mm. it that way instead of doing it slowly step by step so maybe what ben simmons is thinking is that all right what i experience on the bench from these philadelphia fans is the worst is going to get therefore after that it's all uphill so when i come back especially if it's in the playoffs if i'm on the court that will be easier for me to deal with than being on the bench dealing with what i've already dealt with that would be the only thing I could think of in terms of what would motivate him to physically be there. But don't be surprised, Jay, if he is there and that this is part of the reason why. Maybe just to prove to Philadelphia fans that, hey, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah, I'm not playing this game, but here I am right here. Say whatever you have to say to me. Maybe that's part of it, too. Could be. Well, I don't. You know, that's an interesting take. And I say mm -hmm. that because the minute Ben Simmons hits the court, <laughs> every fan base on the road is going to give it to him. Ah, oh, that's true. That's true. So trying to desensitize yourself in the worst, the potentially the worst scenario mm -hmm. may actually be a smart strategy because mm -hmm. that is the thing you go after him with. That's his Achilles heel is just go after his head, which unfortunately fans do. Mm -hmm. And they will cross the line because that's just what fans do. Fanatics are infamous for crossing the line. The question is, is how is Ben Simmons going to be able to handle it? And so in that take itself, I'm actually curious to what they look, what he looks like when they play the Knicks on April 6th in Madison Square Garden. Ah, true. I'm curious about him down in Miami on March 26th because it's a Saturday and Miami fans will probably actually be at the game on time. Um, <laughs> as well as even in Atlanta. On April 2nd, there's a lot of games that could really test him. Well, I mean, well, you see, well, here's the thing. He's been on the bench for the majority of their games. Now, if I'm wrong about this in the it's sense of he same. only comes to Brooklyn games and not, yeah, but, yeah. but I'm not the same like though. Said, I'm talking about him with a ball in his hands. Okay. And well, that'll be the ridiculing starts. Well, that'll be more about him. That'll be more about him being in his own head as opposed to what the fans are saying um, because a lot of that he's not going to hear. It's a matter of, of Ben. Oh, he's going to hear Since it. Ben versus Ben when he's on the court, on the road, with the ball in his hands. So that'll be his oh, biggest obstacle. Let's think about it. Yeah. The players hear it. Most of them just ignore it until you see a Kevin Durant turn to a guy and say, yeah. shut up and enjoy the game. Yeah. Or Russell Westbrook, get the refs, get the, you know, get the guys on them. Um they hear all of that. They hear everything that's said to them in the course of the game, especially when you get to those levels of disrespect that's going to come at Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. That may make the trying to desensitize yourself at the Philadelphia game a bad idea, especially because sitting there and just taking the abuse mm -hmm. ain't going to desensitize you once they get to that level. The fans have always been habitual line steppers. They're going to cross the line. Period. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see what Ben Simmons looks like, if he decided to sit on the bench or not, and uh, we will definitely take that to the next spot. Yep. So, Aaron Rodgers. Got to talk about A.A. Ron. The Green Bay Packers are offering him a contract that will alter the quarterback market. This makes, this sounds like to me a Patrick Mahone estique type contract in less time. 
mm-hmm. where he may be seeing $50 million come his way because the NFL just announced the new salary cap, which will be at $206 million. And the new TV deal is about to kick in. So you know things are going to really inflate. Mm-hmm. So if you get him locked in early, you might save yourself some money. So I'm curious to hear from you on this, Jimmy. Okay. Aaron is mulling this deal. Got two questions for you. First one, number first question. Why did it take them this long to give him this offer? And number two, what does this tell us about Jordan Love? All right. First, uh, why did it take him so long to to give him this offer? Because this is the very last thing that they wanted to do in trying to keep him. This was the last card that they had to play. And, you know, part of what he's done in terms of maintaining his leverage is to keep them on their toes, to not really give them a lean one way or the other. So they think they think the answer is money, like a lot of ownership and a lot of professional organizations do. If we give him more and more more money, then he will lean towards the money in our direction. So I think that actually it's kind of a, a play of desperation. What are you doing? Leaning with it, rocking with it, <laughs> yeah. leaning forward, leaning back. Yeah. So it's a sense of desperation. Maybe as they read the tea leaves, it's saying that he's inching more and more out of the door. So in order to pull him back as a demonstration of their love and loyalty for him, let us give him this quarterback market altering contract, which to me would be the worst thing they could do because, for one, it's not going to make him want to be there anymore. And two, you're still not going to be successful because if you're going to give him this type of deal, how does that hamstring you in the future in order to be able to keep the right players around him in order to be competitive or around whoever your quarterback is going to Jordan Love? What does it say about Jordan Love? I don't think it says that Jordan Love can't play. It just says that they, for whatever reason, still feel like he's not ready to play, which is probably a worse sign in a sense, but that they already know that Aaron Rodgers is still three to four times the quarterback that Jordan Love is. Hell, so I think that that's part of what that says about Jordan Love because I, you're right. I see what what you're I see what you're what you're cooking when you ask that question because if Jordan Love was prepared and ready to go right now, then they would just. Free themselves of the drama of Aaron Rodgers. Trade him. Hell, get some picks back. Give yourself some salary cap relief because currently they are more than $27 million over the cap over just the nine cap. days before the start of the new league year. So, so, and that was my point with that question is they had an initial timeline. Their timeline was we draft Jordan Love. Within three years, Aaron Rodgers needs to either lead us to a Super Bowl Irregardless, leaders there are not, we're going to go ahead and move into the future. That's the one thing that Green Bay has always done. They're always prepared for the next. And they yeah. go ahead and move forward. And they don't mind it. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. When he came into the league, where Brett the hitman Favre. They <laughs> decided to move away from Favre mm-hmm. knowing that Aaron was going to take the mantle. That's why they drafted him in the first round. Well, it appears that they're trying to beg him to come back. Oh. And I don't get that. Oh. I don't understand why you want him back when you tried to get rid of him before. Of course, you weren't going to trade him. It was one of those, no, we're not getting rid of you. We're not going to take a cap hit for you. Either you mm-hmm. give your money back and then leave, or you play. Mm-hmm. A or B. Now you're offering an opportunity to pay him more money? Why? Because they're afraid to be single. Because... For the last, going back to the beginning of Brett Favre, what, let's go back almost 30 years ago, they don't know what it's like to be without a top five quarterback in the league. So they're True. afraid to, to let them go, free themselves of the drama. It'll hurt in the beginning. You'll have to rebuild, but in the end, you'll be better for it. They're afraid to do that because they don't believe that they can do better than Aaron Rodgers. And I know he's one of the top five quarterbacks, yes, but ultimately, yes, you can. It may take and you, you a while. You confirmed it though. You confirmed it. Yeah. They don't think Jordan Love is good enough yet. This mm-hmm. is a this is a, an indictment on their selection of him in the first round. You drafted him that high up. You draft a quarterback in the first round. You play him. He is expected mm-hmm. to play within a certain amount of time. So, what is the fear? Are you scared that he can't? He's not grasping the playbook good enough. He doesn't have a good enough arm. You don't think he's gonna be good in, in the winter? It's been said before. To me, 
I get that they may want Aaron Rodgers to stay. Mm-hmm. If they want Aaron Rodgers to stay and win them a Super Bowl, they need to follow Mina Khan's ex- advice. Mina Khan's with ESPN. She said this. If Green Bay wants to win Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, they need to build him a dome. Period. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. Because it, yeah. it, it, it tells you something that the problem they have there. When they made that Super Bowl run, um, that was all 100%. Where? On the road. They were on the road the entire time. So they weren't playing mm-hmm. in these winter weathers that you get up in Wisconsin where you're throwing a massive brick. And even Bomani had mentioned this before. There's a reason why University of Minnesota has an outdoor stadium and the Minnesota Vikings have a dome. That's because by the time the season ends, it's before winter actually gets there. Mm-hmm. And once winter hits, December 20th, there's no bowl games. There's no games at University of Minnesota Stadium. There's no mm-hmm. bowl games in Wisconsin. Games are in the south. They're, su- mm-hmm. they're more southern where it's warmer because players throwing around a brick, when that football gets cold... <laughs> Now, that's also why, if you notice with Green Bay, when they were, I mean, not Green Bay, New England, when they were playing their playoff games, they had a tendency of not throwing the ball as much. There's a lot more running. And it mm-hmm. feels like it gets colder in Wisconsin than it does in New England or yeah. Foxborough. So if you want him to win a Super Bowl, can y'all do me a favor and go ahead and build this man a dome? Because every time y'all get this home field advantage, Y'all take a lot of early L's. And that's not going to help, especially in January, late January, we're in the peak of winter. You got this dude throwing around this football and breaking people's hands in the cold. It ain't mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. So so since we're, you know, since we're coming up on his decision, because he said it was going to be a fairly swift decision, and the new league year starts the 16th, so next week, what do you think he's going to choose to do between retirement asking for a trade or deciding to come back and accepting this quarterback market altering deal. Well, he's now no longer engaged and it's yep. because of football, <laughs> you know, Miss uh, Shalena is not a big football fan. She didn't even know who he was initially. She just knew that she told and she's like, cool. Mm-hmm. They spend so much time apart. That's why they broke up the way they did. And if he's going to focus on football, then yeah, may as well go back. You got a winning team. The team is put together mm-hmm. nicely. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay you the most money. Take mm-hmm. advantage of it. So I can see him coming back even because it seems like they cool now. It seems like everything's all gravy and they're happy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Does it make sense to go back, though? No. Especially with the past. Do, does it make sense for him to actually end up back in Green Bay? I, I, don't, think it, to, it, I don't think it makes sense logically, mm-hmm. but I can totally see him doing it because just why not take their money? Mm-hmm. Jordan Love's not ready, obviously. But it's, it's like for them. And, like, yeah. But it's like for them, and this just shows just how desperate they are. What makes you think you're not, even if he comes back and accepts his contract for this next year and they still don't win the Super Bowl, what makes you think he's not going to put you in the exact same position next year? Because you kind of were in this position last year as well, except he was ghosting you a lot more um, than he is this year. So I don't see how this in any way is a win for Green Bay. They look... Like, and they look desperate. They look weaker. What I think he probably did was he probably insinuated to him that he wanted to leave or was going to ask for a trade. And then that's when they released to the media that they're going to give him or they want to offer him this con- this type of contract. So I think that is better for everyone and for him. And I think that he is going to request a trade in order to move his career elsewhere, see if he can be better and do better in another environment because i don't think at this point that it really is about the money for him i think it's about so many other things in that because his last contract in a sense um was the and then we're talking what three four years ago was the biggest contract at the time for a quarterback that did alter the market for a short period of time before russell wilson and several others came after him so i don't really think it's about the money i think that you know he continues to in his own way evolve as a human being and change and that he does need to be somewhere else and experience a different environment, a uh, different aspect of himself. Obviously, the 
front runner is is Denver because Nathaniel Hackett is his former offensive coordinator. So that would be somewhat of a seamless transition. And that team is is they're about maybe one of four or five teams who is ready to go right now, who's a quarterback away from being a really good playoff team. So that's what this Denver team is. And he knows that he's not going to face Green Bay in the playoffs if he leaves, especially if he goes to the AFC. But even if he stayed in the NFC, he knows that Green Bay is not going to be there because they don't have him. So he needs. I think he needs to leave, and I think he will request a trade. Yeah. So if he leaves, that's so he he counts this year at forty six point one million against the cap. If he leaves, it saves them. It gets them about nineteen to twenty six, based upon ESPN's report from Schefter yeah. and them. So the earlier he makes this decision, the more money that Green Bay saves, as well as can can extort from other teams if he decides to go. <laughs> Teams have already got their 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 compensation packages lined up. They're prepared yeah. to offer. Yeah, that's them true. The that's world. true. Yeah, that's true. So there's no real reason for Aaron to just drag this out. If you're going to go to a team, do it. No matter what you, what you decide to do, when and wherever you decide to do it, mm-hmm. the package is not going to change. Teams are going to have. They're going to be extracted a very a king's bounty to get you. So they're going to be paying out a lot of moolah. And so if you want to end up playing somewhere that you want to play, get her done, baby. Get that bad boy done. So, Jimmy. Yep. Just get on the editing room floor. Okay. This first thing really pisses me off. I was talking to somebody about this last week in the sense of I was praying that this doesn't doesn't happen because it will be this individual sort of bailing themselves out of having to be a part of what exactly they deserve. And that's this. Uh, LeBron James is out. They have a game tonight against the Spurs because of significant soreness in his left knee coming off of his 56-point effort against Golden State on Saturday. I was saying to people, I know exactly what LeBron's going to do. This is really going to make me mad that there's going to be some sort of injury that's going to keep him off the court to where he doesn't truly have to be on court for what he has helped create with this team as the GM. And that's exactly what this looks like to me. I'm not happy about this. I kind of expected it. Mm -hmm. Because he has been out in portions of the season with that left knee. So it makes sense that the game that he goes nuclear at 37 <laughs> years old, it's like, yeah, ugh, yeah, I probably need to go ahead and ice this bad boy up. Because, I mean, when I get a good workout in, guess what I got to mm-hmm. do? So ice this bad boy down. So <laughs> I ain't even mad at it. It makes sense. It's not, it's not fair. He should be on the court. He deserves to be on the court. But on the flip side of that, Jay, your Miami Heat are going to get guard Victor Oladipo uh, back against the Houston Rockets when they face them uh, tonight, as a matter of fact, as we record. So you'll recall him. We know him pretty well from having played here in Oklahoma City. Uh, he had that one season where he was an all-star. Hadn't quite gotten back up to that level. But still, adding him most likely coming off the bench to just the deep roster that Miami already has – me might further entrench them i mean they already got the one seed to me they're going to maintain that one seed but um i mean they're going to be even better with victor oladipo if he's as healthy as he should be yeah uh Miami's is good just mm-hmm. remember i i told y'all that when they <laughs> went to the finals too they're really good yeah 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 uh, so lastly, Jay, and this actually is from early last week, that the new GM for the New York Giants, Joe Schoen, has said that he is willing to entertain calls for star running back Saquon Barkley, which basically means that he's available to uh, whoever wants to call and inquire about a trade for him. Um, do you think that's disrespectful for the GM to openly say that they're willing to entertain calls for a running back who has proven to be a star in the past outside of the injury problem? Uh, I mean, that's just kind of the world they live in. They, you, you, you're playing in the NFL, and, and you know that when they get the opportunity to let you go, they take the opportunity to let you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so if you were the GM, you know, given that Saquon Barkley is this tremendous talent, but struggles to stay on the field, would you be leaning towards trading him, or would you, you know, want to try to keep him? You know, you got Brian Dayball now as a head coach, new offense, new everything. Um, and let's keep him here and see if it works. Which would you rather do, keep him or cut him or trade him? I trade him. Trade him? Yeah. Uh, see, I'm, he's not I'm gonna surprised. Win. He's not, they're not going to win with him. And it's not his mm. fault. Mm. You have a quarterback. 
I'm gonna see. I'm gonna say Quan guy. So I'm pretty biased with this. I would keep him. I love I like Saquon. The Giants. Yeah. You know where I want him to go? Trade Saquon to Baltimore. <laughs> Ooh. What they gonna we get? Got, we got Uncle Lenny. I'm good with yeah, Uncle Lenny yeah, in Tampa. They're they gonna get Baltimore. Dobbins back. Yeah, I don't think Baltimore would be the best place for him. They're gonna get Dobbins back. So he'll he'll I'm be fine. Dobbins up there for him. Yeah. <laughs> Give him the young running back when they ain't gotta pay yeah. yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to think about that in terms of what would be a, a better place for him. But um he's he's definitely probably already gotten some calls now since Saquon again is that talented. So yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on Unfair Sports. We're getting back on track, I promise you. Uh, checking us out here on our YouTube channel. Please hit the like and subscribe button there. And then checking us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. So like, subscribe, rate, review. Give us five stars. I think we deserve it. Give us five anyway. So for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for doing what you do best. For your favorite co-host Jimmy, we are uh, we'll be back with some more stuff this week. The channel is going to have more OU content. We'll talk spring game. We'll talk about uh, lineups. I promise that's going to come. I still got some stuff on some recruits that I'm going to talk through, and uh, yeah, we're going to make the magic happen. So with that, we will chop it up with y'all in a few days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.